What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Financial Residency Podcast. I am pretty stoked today for one major reason, and that is because an anonymous foundation has reached out to me at Financial Residency and is offering $50,000, this is not a joke, $50,000 in total to 10 med students if they hit certain requirements. I know many of you are not med students, but you might know more med students. And if you do, please spread the word to them that this is a scholarship for them. So 10 med students are going to get $5,000 in a check sent to their school if they can hit certain requirements. All the requirements that this foundation has put in place can be found at financialresidency.com slash scholarship. I am so excited that they reached out to me that we will be able to help make the world of a difference for 10 medical students. So please share it with every medical community, tag it on social. We want to get this out. This is going to be amazing, huge holiday gift for 10 amazing individuals. And we have a panel of judges that are going to be going through all physicians that will be going through all the submissions and making their 10 selections that will be then given to the foundation. And those will be awarded in December and you can check back on that page to see if you know anyone that had won. So I'm really excited to do that. I want to make sure that I announce this here. I'll do it again on other shows just to make sure that we spread the word enough to get that out. But fun scholarship that's coming. So check it out, financialresidency.com slash scholarship. Now, we are going to go over, and by we, I mean me, I'm going to go over really what your financial advisor should be doing for you. Now, some of you have taken the plunge and hired a financial advisor, and maybe some of you are on the verge of hiring someone, but you're still unsure if you're ready to commit. Now, I will tell you that I run and I'm the founder of Physician Wealth Services. It's a fee-only financial planning practice. We work with physicians all across the country. We are fiduciaries for our clients and we charge a fixed flat fee to work with us. It doesn't scale based on your assets. I am basically a unicorn in the financial advisor space. I don't talk about it a ton on the podcast because this isn't what the podcast is for. The podcast is really to educate you guys and gals on all personal finance topics. This is not a big massive pitch for my practice. But today we are going to be talking about what financial advisors should be doing. And you might know that you want to work with someone who you trust wholeheartedly with your hard-earned money. Now, your schedule is probably insane and unpredictable, but you want to know that the advisor that you're either about to hire or have hired is always going to make the decisions with your best interest in mind. But how would you if that financial advisor is doing exactly what you need for your portfolio? Now, they're probably, you're probably thinking that there should be some sort of maybe checklist or benchmark to determine their performance. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about market performance here, but just their performance as your advisor. And the answer is yes, there are ways and things that your financial advisor should be doing, not only for your portfolio, but for your overall financial health and management. And what might surprise you to realize that we're not just referring to the growth of your account when it comes to determining the true achievement of goals. Whether you're comfortable working with your current advisor or you're starting to question the decision, should you hire one or maybe did you hire the wrong person? I'm going to give you some things to look out for when it comes to working with a financial advisor. And again, we would be honored to work with anyone in our community. And you can check us out at physicianwealthservices.com. 
there's a free introductory call with me to see if we're a good fit. All right, so the first thing is your financial advisor should not be selling you products. I talk a ton about fee-based advisors versus fee-only financial advisors. And the reason I spend so much time discussing it is that I'm super passionate that you're receiving the absolute best financial guidance possible. So fee-based advisors, which the majority of advisors fall in this category, NAFA, one of our, call it, regulating bodies, had done a study and it was more than 97% of all financial advisors fall into this category of fee-based advisors. Not only do they manage your investments, but they can sell you additional products. And at first glance, that might seem harmless. Who can blame someone for wanting to earn a little additional income? But when you dig a little deeper, you're going to find out how many financial advisors can sell these products. Let's look at it like insurance policies or annuities. They can make commissions and bonuses, referral fees or kickback fees. Now imagine the conflicts of interest this can create when someone is managing your portfolio and your financial life. If they're able to receive additional revenue by selling you additional products, and we're not even talking about if they're good or bad products, just that the fact that they could sell those products, then you can't be sure that your best interest is always being considered when you're presented with options for managing your financial life. Fee-only advisors is, and again, that's very different. Fee-based versus fee-only is the advisor you definitely want. The name sounds almost the same, but the two concepts for Financial advising honestly can't be any more different. Fee-only advisors are almost always a fiduciary. Now, that means that they have your legal and ethical obligation to manage your portfolio without any commissions, bonuses, referral fees, or kickback fees. Most fee-only advisors will disclose their fees up front, as well as a fiduciary guarantee, let's call that. We sign a fiduciary oath similar to the Hippocratic Oath for all of our clients, and it basically just states, under no circumstance are we going to put our interest ahead of yours. And because of that fiduciary oath that they're going to take, the fee-only financial advisor will not sell any additional products to you, and they shouldn't be afraid to put that in writing either. Like I said, my firm, Physician Well Services, works with physicians all across the country, and we sign a fiduciary oath for all of our clients. Your financial advisor or one that you're about to hire should be putting this in writing. Now, the goal is to be as transparent and free from conflicts of interest as possible. Now, this way, we can all focus on your goals, your dreams, the financial milestones without mudding the waters to try to sell you something. You should never, ever have to question whether the advisor you hired is recommending a product to you or a certain professional like an attorney or a realtor based on your advisor's connections or the products that they're selling. You should never feel like you're being advised to do something because it's what's quote unquote best for you and it doesn't then turn around and pad their wallet as well. Your financial advisor really has to be extremely familiar with physicians because as physicians, now you guys, you're never really going to have the nine to five Monday through Friday workday. Like some of you can't even tell what your schedule is or how you're possibly going to even treat all your patients. And your financial advisor has to not only understand that, but work within this reality. We're having client calls at 9 p.m. Pacific with clients because we understand that 
not only are you working really hard all day and then we come home and maybe you're cooking dinner and having time with the kids or whatever it is. And then at the end of the day, you finally have time to talk through your finances. Your advisor has to have a different work schedule than nine to five. And absolutely, even pre-COVID, should have been working virtually with you. So you're not driving across town and sitting in traffic and dealing with all the ugh to go see them. It should be simple as open your computer, clicking a link, and having someone right there talk to you who knows everything about you. Because not only can your schedule be unpredictable, but your money goals are probably going to be very different. Not probably. They are going to be very different than other professions. Some of your financial milestones, like buying your first home or getting married, having kids even, are going to be delayed compared to others. When you're in school for twice the number of years, honestly, at a minimum, it tends to delay your big purchases. Now we're even going to throw in the matter of student debt. Most physicians graduating with six figures of student loan and credit card debt are going to make your goals look really different. Our average client has about $300,000 in student debt. So you may want an accelerated plan to pay off your debt, or you could be choosing to pursue public service loan forgiveness for your federal loans. Your advisor, whoever you choose to hire, needs to be a student loan expert. They need to advise on tens of millions of dollars on student debt to make you feel comfortable that they're giving you the correct advice. We've advised on almost $75 million of student debt with all of our clients. It's crazy how much you guys have in debt. We were there and Taylor and I are actually going to do a whole show on how we paid off her medical student debt, but your advisor has to understand the unique situation. You should absolutely not even know close to the amount that your advisor should know on student debt. And it's going to be tough to find someone who specializes in working with doctors who's fee only, who charges a fixed flat fee. We are out there. There's a few of us. We're unicorns, but make sure you find someone who understands and only works with physicians. Your financial advisor should also have a very holistic approach to your finances. You probably think your advisor, or maybe this is just how it's worked with your current advisor, that they only care about the total amount in your assets. But if you're working with someone who's truly vested in your best interest, then they should be looking at your entire financial picture. Your portfolio goes way beyond what can be measured in the assets column. If they're really concerned with that, or if the first thing that they're talking about with you is moving money to them, it's because they charge a fee based on how much assets you have. That is the exact opposite person you should be working with. Their fees should be listed on their website. It should be a fixed flat fee, and it should be in your face. It's very simple, very transparent, right there in your face. If it isn't, that you need to be questioning, why is that not there? It shouldn't be scaling based on net worth. It shouldn't be scaling based on what your assets are or your income is. It should be a fixed flat fee right on the website. And they should be looking at what your entire financial picture looks like. Now, you're the only one that can fill in all the blanks. But think of your goals and your retirement dreams and what you want to be considered in your overall financial plan. You also know that there's going to be debts to be paid and perhaps investment opportunities that you may want to think about later on down the road. And your financial advisor should understand all the facets of your money and your unique timeline. They should also be really well-versed in real estate because that is a big picture in most physicians' finances. 
and many advisors are simply just not comfortable or they don't have the expertise to talk through that. So your financial advisor really needs to take into account not only your assets, but your liabilities. So for instance, your portfolio may show that you have six figures stashed away in retirement. Awesome work, by the way. But you might still have quite a large amount of medical student debt. And they should be looking at both of these to help you determine the strategy for getting rid of the debt while also growing your retirement nest egg. Now, there will be a conflict of interest if they are only paid on the amount of money that they manage, because they will be likely to tell you to not pay down the debt because of, let's say, it's such a low interest rate and to funnel more in your investments. That's because the more you invest, the more money they make. Why would you want to go to someone that has even just that basic of a bias or a conflict of interest? It wouldn't make sense. In addition to the goals, your advisor should be willing to get into the details of your budget. Yes, I said budget, the dreaded B word. Now, after all, it doesn't do any good if you're putting these goals on paper and thinking through all this amazing stuff and then not break it down into your monthly or quarterly action items. Now, some of you are cringing at the thought of developing a budget and admittedly, it's easier of a concept for some than others, but your financial advisor who's looking at your entire financial plan should help you devise a budget and a cash flow plan and show you how your big goals can be achieved by allocating the money in the correct way. Now, you guys have met our cash flow, let's call him guru. I joke with him all the time and have different names for him. I also call him our YNAB tech support, but Nick True. I've brought him on the show several times. Nick is a fascinating, amazing guy, and he helps all of our clients with their cash flow planning. We have specific meetings just targeted for that. It's not a one size fits all. Some clients use, you need a budget. Some clients use the budget snapshot we developed, but we are still going to uncover how much money is coming in and how much money is going out. And we're never going to tell someone, oh, how dare you spend $500 at Amazon or in entertainment. By the way, I wish we sometimes only spent $500 a month on Amazon, but we're going to help understand okay, look, you spent the money here, but now is this aligned with the goals and what you told us was important? And if it's not, would you like to make any changes, whether it's to the cash flow and how you're spending money, or would we like to alter your goals? Your advisor should be having those conversations with you. And speaking on goals, the only way for your advisor to look at your entire financial picture is to be able to understand what those personal goals are. Now, your goals could be related to your finances or your career or your family or probably a combination of all of these things. And your advisor needs to know that if you have a goal of paying off your mortgage early or paying off your student debt within five years or seven years, another goal could be paying for both private education or college for your children. Or you may choose to work all the shifts you possibly can right now so one day you can enjoy retirement. Don't necessarily recommend that, but whatever your goals are, they should be considered when working with your financial advisor. Now. I'm sure some of you are wondering how you would be open with someone and express everything you're hoping to achieve in the next few years when you probably haven't really thought through that or fully understand that yourself. But your advisor should be ready to take and tackle this subject with you and have a process that you're going to go through to uncover what these things are. Now, you could choose maybe to write your goals down first and then present them to your advisor or you might just have a, you know, sit down with them and have a frank conversation about what it is, but likely they're going to have a process 
that's going to help you transform what you currently are in to where you want to go. And either way, you need to know what you're working towards because it'll be almost impossible to develop a plan without knowing what's actually really important. Now, there could be a time in the future where you're going to talk with your financial advisor about an investment opportunity or a big family trip that you want to take. And if the advisor is doing their job, they're going to help you see how this particular opportunity aligns with your goals or does it take you further away from them? Now, your goals will be the benchmark in which the financial advisor will measure your success. So discovering all the different facets of your finances and the goals you have for short term and long term can only be achieved by asking questions. And there's some tough questions. Now, what I'll say here is there's no possible way for your financial advisor to understand what makes you tick without asking you these important questions I'm about to go through, as well as other exercises and have other processes to work through the life planning portion of this. So if you want an advisor to look over your full financial picture comprehensively, then these several thought-provoking questions have to be included in there. And if they're not, they're doing you a giant disservice. Now, when I say questions, I'm not talking about the normal crap that they're going to ask you, like, how much money do you have now? Or how much money do you have to invest? Those are the ones and zeros. That stuff matters, but not as much as you think. There needs to be questions and conversations, whole meetings dedicated to what are your challenges? What are your opportunities coming? What are your money goals? What are your dreams? What are your interests? When it comes to working with clients, we personally use the three kinder questions developed by George Kinder in order to pinpoint the starting point, let's say, to our clients' priorities. Now, these questions that George Kinder developed are the ones that he used for his clients that allowed him to think beyond financial planning and start focusing on what he referred to as life planning. I'm a registered life planner. Dan is in charge and the director of our whole life planning at Physician Well Services. We have someone, literally, it's Dan, dedicated to all of this important stuff. Dan is not a financial planner. He is a life planner. This is all he does. I actually joke with him all the time and I'm like, Dan, you have the best job out of all of us because you're the yes man. You get to understand everything that's going on with clients and make sure that we as the planners are going through and helping them align the money around the goals. He gets to look at the big visions and very few financial advisors are going to use these questions or even have even remotely the discussions around some of these tougher topics. Now, hopefully your advisors are doing this. And if they're not, again, they're, they're doing a big big disservice to you, but they should be trying to understand the personal motivations for money and life planning. So let's look at the three questions a little bit in depth here. And you've heard these on the show because Taylor and I answered these a couple years ago. It was, I think in December of like 2018, I can't remember off the top of my head. And we answer these on air. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy this. So if you haven't heard our answers, go back, check them out. We'll be also doing an update to some of our life planning here in December when I bring Taylor back on. But here are the three questions. The first question is, imagine you are financially secure, that you have enough money to take care of your needs, both now and in the future. How would you live your life? Is there anything you would change? And if you'd like to participate, by the way, while we're going through these, put it on pause, write this stuff down. It's important. 
but this is probably the easiest of the three questions to answer. After all, since money is no object in this scenario, it makes it easy to open your mind to all the wild possibilities of life, right? Would you travel more or spend more time with your friends and your family, no matter the distance? Would you spend more time maybe reading books or watching movies or playing Xbox since you don't have to worry about deadlines and again, money? Only you can answer what you would want the most out of if you didn't have these financial worries. It's enjoyable to, I think, let your mind wander to a place where your job and your bills are no longer the focus of your attention. But again, like I said, that's the easiest of the three questions. Question number two, next imagine you visit the doctor and she tells you that you only have five to 10 years left to live. You won't ever feel sick and you also have no notice of the moment of your death. What would you do in the time that you have remaining? Would you change your life? And if so, how would it change? This question definitely is a lot more difficult than the first one, and it's by design. The point of this question is to allow yourself to focus on the items you value the most and the dreams you want to accomplish sooner rather than later. Now, notice how money is no longer the focus of this question, and you don't have the infinite money like you did in question number one. Presumably, you'd have to earn some sort of living or having a cushion to be able to map out the remaining five to 10 years. And if you need to work to support yourself, then what kind of work would you want to be doing? What would you do with the money that you earn? And would you spend every penny of it? Or would you want to leave a financial legacy behind to those closest to you? Now, the question also prompts thoughts of how you would prepare for the inevitable, right? More important items like life insurance and wills and trusts suddenly become a little more important, right? Can't waste any additional time by putting these important things on the back burner. Again, only you can answer what would matter the most to you. But if you only had five to 10 years to accomplish what you dreamed of, then how would you put together a financial plan to reflect those dreams? Again, your advisor, this is how they should be building your financial plan. It's not just ones and zeros. It's not just how much money you have. These are the questions and the things that you should be thinking of with your financial planner. Question number three absolutely hands down is the toughest question. So finally, imagine you go to the doctor and she shocks you with the news that you only have 24 hours left to live. Notice what feelings arise as you confront your very real mortality and ask yourself, what did you miss? Who did you not get to be? What did you not get to do or experience? Now, the chances are the responses to these questions would revolve around thoughts of maybe regret or questions of spirituality or and those that you love and cherish. And you may even wish you had pursued a crazy dream you'd swore that you'd never think was possible. But when you're faced with a very narrow window of time that this question poses, it makes you immediately jump to the things and the matters that are closest to you. You'll soon find out what is the most meaning to you and how you can begin to incorporate this into your life planning. Remember, this is just to help you narrow down your focus to the biggest priorities in life. And you might even surprise yourself when you realize your immediate reaction doesn't involve the practice of medicine, and that is okay. And if this is the case, is there any way to incorporate what means the most to you in your financial plan? Now, there will be some of you out there that are still wondering, what in the heck do these questions have to do with my finances? And to some of you, it may sound more like a fantasy land than real life. 
But the answer is simple. When you know what you want out of life, then you can build your finances around these desires. You can make sure that your budget, yes, your budget, the dreaded B word, and your financial milestones will reflect what you desire the most. But if you haven't worked through these exercises with your financial planner or with just by yourself, how do you know what you desire the most? How do you know what the most important is? Now, I'll come back to your best interest should always be the top priority from your financial advisor. It's easy to measure the success of a financial advisor by looking at how much growth you've had with your assets. Yes, but I challenge you to look beyond the numbers. Again, you just realize it's not always the ones and zeros. As with many professions, you'll find a wide variety of different types of financial advisors, and each has their own approach to financial management and its own personality too. Now you've spent time maybe selecting one that you feel like you could work with, or maybe you've thought about this, but make sure that they're helping you achieve your goals. And if your financial advisor isn't doing the things that I just talked about, then it's probably time to consider moving your money elsewhere to someone who will help you with these things. This is the stuff that we are so excited to help our clients with. Casey, myself, the entire team. This is what motivates us to help you guys understand the priorities and to align your finances around the things that motivate you, make you the most excited, and to actually help you build your finances around those desires. So please reach out to us if we can help you at all with your personal finances. You can check us out at physicianwealthservices.com. Book a free introductory call with me. I'd be happy to go through. And I promise you, if we're not a good fit, I'm going to let you know. So hopefully this was helpful for you guys. For those of you that either have financial advisors or are looking to hire one, again, we'd be honored and thrilled to work with anyone in our community. Also, remember from the beginning part of the show, I'm so excited that this anonymous foundation reached out to us to help change the lives really of 10 medical students by giving them a $5,000 scholarship. So if you know any med student out there, or if you are a med student listening to this one, kudos to you for already checking out and trying to understand personal finance. I'm super impressed. And second, if anyone is in your community that is a medical student that hits these requirements, please encourage them to reach out. This foundation is giving this money away in December of 2020. Hopefully we can get them to give away this every year. No promises on that, but it's something that I will definitely be asking for. But if you know someone, tell them to go to financialresidency.com slash scholarship, fill out the info, and I wish them all good luck. Thank you guys so much for being here. I love all of you. You guys are amazing. Please also share this podcast with other physicians and their families. I'm really trying to help as many physicians as I can understand their personal finances, not get confused or be afraid or be an ostrich and shove their head in the sand and say, oh, I'll figure out that crap later. That's not what we want. We want them to take charge, to understand what's going on, to feel confident with their money decisions, and in honesty, to help them figure out what that path is so they can align their money around the things that honestly make them happy. That's what it's all about. So please share the podcast. Appreciate all of you. Have a great week, and I'll see you on Friday. Cheers. This is for entertainment purposes only.
Do not take this as investment advice. My dad is only a fiduciary for his clients.